You're listening to I Got That One. Presented by Tom and Yvonne. Hey everyone, and welcome to our next episode featuring Gonville and... Sorry, 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 sorry. I have to say this up front because Cambridge and Oxford have gone too far. It's <laughs> well, a, now they've gone too far. Yes. I was willing to accept uh, Maudlin having a G. Like that, <laughs> I can kind of see, but I'm sorry, Keys? Keys. C-A-I-U-S. Keys. How is that meant to be pronounced then? Caius. Caius. I, I went to school with a guy called Caius, spelled that way. Right, so because of that guy. <laughs> sure. Not just because, that, just because that, it makes no sense. And, you know, I used to be all about, oh, you know, how English has very weird spelling. And, you know, you just have to kind of make well, do. Well, is it, is it Greek? I don't know. And Caius I, sounds really Greek. Possibly. but Latin? This Roman? mispronunciation has gone too far. Well, take it up with Gonville and Keys administration. Yes. Um, uh, the administrative staff of Gonville and Keys. How dare you? How dare you? How very dare you completely throw me off. I, I first I thought a Paxman had mispronounced it, that he had, uh, you know, maybe misread something, but then he kept on doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think that's an important thing that we start with. And you know what's strange is that we I had... I guess we're going on with this. Okay. We had at least two names, which, you know, could be quite difficult to pronounce if you didn't hear them said first. Mm-hmm. And this was the one that uh, threw me off the most. Well, are you, are you emotionally ready to start this podcast? I think I am... So upset that I might need a few seconds. All right. So anyway, we had Conville and Keys versus St. Andrews mm-hmm. today. Um, well, yesterday. Yeah. And that was fun to see. Um, as usual, we can start with the the subjects. Um, and I thought on the Conville and Keys side, it was pretty interesting because we had quite a few languages going on. Ukrainian, that is true. Russian, German. Mm. So um, I think it's always interesting when you do your entire major on that language. Mm. I guess then it's all about just... Yeah, etymology, all the aspects of the language, maybe even some literature thrown in there for good measure. Oh, there's definitely some literature involved. Um, I'm also very impressed by anyone who's able to do multiple languages as a singular degree thing. Yeah, right. Because I know someone who did French and German at Oxford. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there's kind of a shared language, like French and Spanish have the same kind of etymological roots, I can kind of see it. Fair enough. French and German are completely different language groups. Yeah, but I think what helps is that they are written using the, the, what do you call it, Roman alphabet? That's true. Yeah, if it was like Russian and French, that's... uh... That would be, I think, very interesting. So in this case, for example, Russian, German and Ukrainian. I suppose Ukrainian and Russian might share the same Cyrillic, if I'm I'm not wrong. They are very similar. Mm -hmm. And um, also a lot of Ukrainians just also speak Russian as well. Some only speak Russian, um, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And I knew someone who spoke Russian and he said uh, once we were watching a show which had Ukraine in it. And he Mm -hmm. said he could kind of understand what they were saying. Okay. So kind of like how uh, Dutch speakers might kind of understand a little bit what Germans are saying and uh, the way around. Actually, a better example would... Maybe. Yeah. Or a better example would be the Scandinavian languages where mm-hmm. they're kind of close enough to where you can kind of understand each other, but not really. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of pick up widely, but yeah. uh, that's what so, I would So yeah, yeah, that was really interesting. And then we also had some maths and, and physics on the Gonville and Keys side. Mm-hmm. And then on the St. Andrew's side, um, as astronomy and astrophysics are always really impressed by people who do that. Mm-hmm. Um, sustainable development, history, and then military history. Yeah, military history. You'd think that is not just history, but actually they are quite uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> different um, uh, disciplines. Yeah. No, seriously, it's 
Well, yeah, it's more specialized, obviously, but I think the kind of historiography is also subtly different. Mm -hmm. I remember because I read a couple of military history books for my thesis. Okay, is that because of who gets to write military history? Very often it's the victors, that sort of thing. Um, I think it's more to do because you start looking at, you know, stuff beyond just, you know, what happened, what it meant and the what a subject subtext, but also about, you know, the tactics used and the evolution of these kind of things. And, you know. Mm styles of command and, you know, also looking at, you know, military organization because you could learn a lot about society from how they organized the military. Military, yeah, what their needs were, what their kind of crises were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, very interesting. Yeah, um, I think I, I never even considered it because I didn't know it existed as a discipline. Yeah, well, uh, apparently it does in, in St. Andrews. Speaking of St. Andrews, before we launch into it, um, so we found out what uh, the Raisin Weekend is. Uh-huh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's basically a weekend to thank the mentor that was attached to you when you started. Okay. And usually there's other city games involved. So I find that kind of nice. It's kind of a nice local community tradition Mm. um, that keeps going. And it may not be celebrated or well-known by a lot of people, but I I like the fact that it keeps going, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Oxford and Cambridge also have their own little, um, you know, traditions. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's so many, and some of them are so archaic in origin. Yeah, and feel very sort of um, posh, I suppose. Don't they have that tradition about cutlery? Oh, you're talking about uh, my experience when I was at Downing uh, for dinner. Yeah. And if you're able to stick a 5p um, coin into someone's dessert before they could stick their fork in it, they had to eat it without hands or cutlery. Oh, actually, that, that sounds pretty fun. It was a lot of fun. Not I, very posh I did it to my then-girlfriend and her friend, and uh, it so was did, really enjoyable. So they had to eat the dessert without yeah. cutlery. To be fair, the friend was distracted by an attractive woman, so maybe <laughs> I played it to a weakness. What, what dessert was it? Uh, I think it was like an apple crumble something really you don't want to eat without uh, <laughs> any leverage fantastic yeah um yeah and then do you want to say anything about the teams specifically before we get into some questions yeah sure i think let's talk about gunfall and keys first because it's quite unlikely we're going to see them again in fact paxman didn't even say anything about whether or not they'd return so which makes, i thought was makes me wonder if this was one of the first matches recorded possibly although he tends to say a bit more about whether or not they'll make it uh, yeah and give more of the rules right so yeah, yeah, but um, I have to say that there were moments where I thought that uh, this was a team which could go quite far. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, it was almost like there was a panic when it came to bonus uh, questions. Yeah, there was a bit of, um, I mean, I think with, with Tan captaining, mm. um, I thought obviously there's a lot of prompting and steering that she did for mm-hmm. her, her group or for her team. Um, which I think can be very helpful sometimes. Um, but I think that maybe there was a lot of pressure that I felt coming off of that um It was fairly intense, but at the same time, you know, you're on live TV potentially for the first time. If you're not used to it, it can be a very intimidating experience, especially since there's now a studio audience as well who's mm-hmm. uh, looking at you. Mm-hmm. If this had been during the height of COVID times, at least it would have been an empty studio. Um, so I think that might have, you know, put on the extra pressure. Yeah. And, you know, when you're at this level, you do need to kind of get your team to really get involved. And you've, you're being faced by a wall of, I don't know, then I think that could kind of make you a little bit Yeah, desperate. and I think when the, when the captain looks kind of stressed and pressured, I think that really affects the rest of the team also. Yeah, which is unfortunate because mm. I'm sure that in their first qualifiers, they were a very good team that really worked well together. Yeah, and for sure. 
as the episode went on, you could see they were getting more comfortable, getting more into it. For sure, yeah. But I think the first few times where they got their bonuses and really took a very long time and didn't get anything right, I think that really hurt their chances. Mm. Whereas on the St. Andrew's side, I thought that the, the dynamics were slightly better. Mm. I think not only did each player have more distinct individual strengths, but sure. I think they just delved and worked together a bit more um, easily. They were definitely more relaxed, yeah, I would I think say that, so. Yeah, I that helped a lot. That just mm. took a lot of that pressure off and sometimes you you just need to focus on the questions and not that you've gotten so many wrong and that you need to get some right you just kind of you know that can throw you off a lot yeah for sure because i mean they weren't also super strong on bonuses either but mm-hmm. i think what really uh separated st andrews from a uh, gone and keys was that they weren't afraid to gr- uh, aggressively buzz in early mm-hmm. i mean they even dropped uh 10 points and mm-hmm. you know they were still able to win which yeah. just goes to show that sometimes you really need to get in a little bit more and I think yeah take more risks yeah um, and I think you know with looking at a final score of 120 to 140 I thought mm. it was it was going to cut very very close towards the end there yeah um, so I think you know Gonville and Keys really I think ramped up in the final few minutes yeah and uh, but I think just the rest of the, the the match just didn't compare yeah and so I think it led to that, that gap yeah I I think if they had one more minute and had one more bonus round go their way, they would absolutely have won. Yeah, I still want to see this sudden death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've only ever seen it happen once, and I really, really wanted really to happen again because it's happen. so fun. I know because it's so dramatic. <laughs> I know. I just in, in my head, it just I imagine thunder and lightning effects. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's still a relatively sensible show. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So, yeah, those were the performances. It was unfortunate with Gunfield and Keys. Mm-hmm. I really feel like it was just, sometimes you just, it's not your day. Yeah, you, you know? could tell they were strong. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, good yeah. showing though. It, it was a very good showing and I don't think they should walk out of there necessarily disappointed. Mm-hmm. It can happen to anyone. I mean, we've seen teams get through to the second round and mm-hmm. something just felt off. Yeah, and I think what, uh, the score of 120, that's just on the edge of um, the best scoring losers. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you know, it's still a very, very good attempt. Yeah, no, uh, fantastic performance and you know they should get out of there where feeling that they really tried to put in their best Mm -hmm. and you know towards the end we really saw the strengths absolutely um say andrews you know um not bad i thought that uh, their buzzing game is especially strong but i think especially the bonus is where they could definitely see a little bit of improvement definitely well we'll see more of that stats corner yeah oh i love it when you tease me like that (laughs) any favorite questions then hmm well, unfortunately, we were back to uh, classical music. Yeah. But, um, you know, they were pretty decent pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like... Russian composers. Yeah, I felt like um, it was a little bit, uh, you know, playing well into Sandra's uh, favor by having an actual Russian on your team as well. Yeah, <laughs> which she did really well on, I think, I have to say. She was great. Actually, I do want to mention, there were some moments where she was so intensely like trying to get Kryan to listen to her. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, she was almost kind of bashing on her. <laughs> Perspects to say, listen to me. And actually, I think you should have listened more often because she had a lot of the right answers. Yeah, and even when she wasn't necessarily correct, I feel like you know she was really getting engaged. Yeah, and that's what I I meant when I said just now that St Andrews had just I think better, more distinct individual strengths, and Hmm. this was one of the cases where it came out. Um, Something else I'd say about this question is that it was actually about musical cryptograms, which is a term I've never heard before, but it's basically um, a kind of a sequence of musical symbols or or something that that's embedded. 
in the musical structure somehow, creating some sort of relationship between note names and letters. And I thought that was a really very interesting way of shaping a music round. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, cryptography is a very interesting uh, subject. Mm-hmm. It's used a lot in you know modern password um, encoding yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of substituting something for something else. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's very clever, especially when you're able to make it so that there's a very particular key that you keep to yourself. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, another question that I kind of liked was the John Waters one. Okay. Oh, because yeah. uh, that was the bonus I was given to the Gonfalon Ka- Keys team. Keys. <laughs> I almost said Caius. And, you know, with an average age of 20, they are a bit too young to know a lot about John Waters movies. I think so, yeah. Yeah, a man who made a lot of movies in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the only one I recognized was Hairspray, just because they made a film out of it very recently. Mm-hmm. Well, 10 years ago. But... They did a remake, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I only know uh, 16 Candles. Mm-hmm. And I think there was another one that uh, he did, which was fairly seminal. Yeah. Um, did he do The Breakfast Club? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. But it was definitely the, that kind of era of uh, teen dramas, teen comedies. Yeah. They really don't make it like they used to, huh? No, they don't. Okay, that's my old man moment out of the way. <laughs> uh, let's uh, carry on. I also kind of like some of those quick maths questions. Mm. That It was really fun to see St. Andrews, particularly Gibbon, um, work out. So there's a question on kind of picoseconds, pico, so that kind of that unit of measurement. Mm. And just kind of seeing them work that out, doing that quick mental calculation in their heads. It was really fun to see. Um, their last buzzer was also due to quick maths. <laughs> Sorry. Whenever you say quick maths, I think about that song I by know, Michael that's, Deeper. That's why I say it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, it's always really fascinating to see them, uh, see a team you know, or any one player do that calculation so quickly in their heads. Yeah, Gibbons, he was the most unflappable man I've yeah. ever seen on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, no, he was definitely uh, this MVP. MVP uh, <laughs> with Anisimova being a very close second. I think so, indeed. Oh, another question which just came back to me mm-hmm. was the second picture round. Yeah. Because that's about um, art that has been stolen. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is fascinating part of the art world, which, uh-huh. you know, only seems to come up when we see kind of daring heist movies or yeah. fairly mediocre ones. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the case of Mordecai, which came out, I think, 10 years ago. Or in terms of money laundering. Yeah, or tax evasion. <laughs> tax Asian, yeah. Or that really cool scene in Tenets. <laughs> yep, exactly what I was thinking of. But yeah, so much fantastic art has been stolen. Yeah. I mean, depending what you mean by stolen. Stolen by literal thar thieves or in that kind of capitalist Thief. sense that, you know, being stolen away from public consumption because rich people want to keep it in their houses or even yeah. just in a storage depot. Yeah. That is always a shame when art just gets locked away just because someone's decided it's valued as an asset rather than, you know, as a piece of cultural, um, you know. Yeah, something that, that can be consumed for the enjoyment of the public. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just kind of, yeah, like you say, put in somebody's house or, mm. yeah, I, I see what you mean. So, yeah, it was just a fun theme for a picture. We've had some very fun themes so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, I think so. I feel like even the... English geography round that notorious um, English geography nerd yes Uh, but they only appeared once and it was actually fairly okay and at least it was framed in an interesting manner yeah kind of around uh, former uh, town names and historical figures Mm -hmm. I thought that was 
a way to kind of keep uh, you know the the people on their toes. Yeah, you know, get a bit more kind of oh, uh, what's this, what's that, and it was fun to see Gonzalo Keys try to answer that mm-hmm. with some very good deductive reasoning. It unfortunately didn't work didn't out very well. Out. Yeah, but you know, and just enjoy watching teams when you can really listen to how they deduce stuff. It's yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Um, there was also another question about Asian leaders, Ooh. and so Malaysia was one of the questions that uh, one of the countries that came up together with Japan, mm. and I feel like with Malaysia, it's one of those countries that tends to be unfortunately lost in a lot of people's imagination or understanding mm. of Asia yeah. I feel um, you know people know obviously India China Japan um, Hong Kong but then when it comes to even Vietnam and Thailand but when it comes to some of these Southeast Asian countries like Malaysia or Indonesia I feel like um, yeah I don't know I don't think they, they these countries as big as they are as populous as they are they don't quite make it to the big popular cultural imagination yeah not unless it's unfortunately tied to the biggest money laundering scheme yeah, um, like in recent history yeah. with the 1MDB stuff yeah I mean I, unfortunately I can't think of any major economic or cultural exports even though they are obviously with you know oil being one of the main ones and they used to be the biggest rubber producer in the mm-hmm. world lots of plantations yeah yeah I mean that was why they were the target in the second world war by uh, yeah. Imperial Japan because yeah. that was basically cutting off the entire way to manufacture tyres for yeah, the entire allied um, very popular well. with uh, British imperialists as well well yeah I mean you know very popular with all kinds of imperialists yeah Yeah. um yeah so if not anymore shall i move into some stats i think it is now time to get into some stats step me up yeah step me up baby So with the final score, like I said, of 120 to Gunville and Keys and 140 to St. Andrews, um, St. Andrews managed just a few more starter questions, 9 out of 13. Respectable. Uh, Gunville and Keys, 7 out of 10. So actually, Gunville and Keys scored slightly better on their, just in terms of the proportion of starters they got right. Yeah. Compared to St. Andrews. Sure. Uh, but obviously, St. Andrews had m- just more bonus questions to um, attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, 12 out of 24. Exactly uh, 50. Yeah, exactly 50%. Gunville and Keys, 10 out of 20 21, slightly under 50. So obviously St. Andrews edged out the other team, um, but still I, I don't think it's, it's a super high score, it's a super no. high performance compared to what we've seen with some of the other teams. So I think if they want to go far in the second round um, and even make it to the semis, I think they have to really um, strengthen and, and up their game. Absolutely. As we've said time and time again, high 50s, low 60s, that's where we really see you know teams that go on far. Yeah, those are really, around. really impressive, um, unstoppable teams. Once they, they get a bonus um, score of, of 60-70%, that's mm-hmm. when you know that okay, this is the making of an excellent team. For sure. But they have time and I'm sure yeah. that there's a fairly decent gap between recordings that gives them time to kind of hone the edge as it were yeah you I know. agree I agree it's always sometimes first time nerves and, and the more we've seen teams come in a little bit nervous but over time they get much much better like diamonds in the rough absolutely case in point the Imperial team from uh, two years ago yeah absolutely. absolutely is that all the stats we get today that is all the stats you get today okay well I guess it's always better to leave them wanting more <laughs> uh, so with that time to talk about what everyone is really here for oh, yeah. and what people really want to know mm. and that is the best dressed mm-hmm. so we did a poll yeah as always and we had uh 
at time of recording, 51 votes. There's still a little bit of time left. I'm really surprised, first of all. Can I just say how surprised I am and how many uh, votes we get in these polls? Clearly, our best-dressed fashion segment is popular. I mean, you know, this is not bad, but, you know, compared to the Coventry and uh-huh. uh, Cardiff game... <laughs> how many do we get there? Hundred and... 110 or something? <laughs> you know? Amazing. Once again, well done, Harrod. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well-deserved win. Yeah. So, but let's talk about this one. And leading the pack with 47% of the votes, so with almost 50 percent is uh chukai chukai my man yeah i mean uh netware gets you very far in this mm-hmm. competition i would I, say yeah second was uh Zhang. yeah so that is what uh our listeners um have, have voted yes and uh on our side on the count of three one, one two, two three Zhang. chukai oh my we have diverged yet again i think it's just uh Zhang really brought a sense of elegance i agree i think it was just she looked fantastic in black yeah and the hair down yeah just uh brilliant and she was just you know bringing that little bit of class you know I agree um, my vote just had to go to Chukai just because I love that knitwear that forest green pistachio green with that hint of splash of red going on there um, very prescient for Christmas yes it's <laughs> it's almost a non-ugly Christmas sweater <laughs> yeah, which almost. kind of defeats the purpose what high praise but I'm not upset with that I thought that uh, Chukai did also look pretty great yeah <laughs> I'd also give a bonus shout out to Anisimova mm-hmm. because I thought that uh, she also looked quite nice with her own knitwear. Yeah. Although it was a bit more of a pullover kind of deal than an actual proper knitted sweater. Yeah, I think what we're what we're looking for are really pops of colour, you know, sartorial pieces, yeah. statement pieces on I Got That One. Or just, you know, peak slaying fashion mm-hmm. as we had... Uh, Crop tops. Yes. Armour. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we still haven't gotten our armour, so... Full, full body armour. Yes. Um, so now we really need some chainmail. Um, <laughs> yeah. Apparently seems to be coming in kind of fashion. Yeah. Okay. I, at least if uh, my TikTok feed is meant to be believed. Well, I mean, I'm here for it. Absolutely. All right. And talking about being here for it, all of you were here for this particular episode. Yeah. And if you want to share your <laughs> thoughts about... Did you enjoy that segue? I did. If you want to share your thoughts about what happened and any future endeavors, you can contact us. On Twitter, where I got that one. Or you can even drop us an email at igtopodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. So until next week, it is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.